when would I ever have a better opportunity in my life than to write a heist novel and write action scenes in a heist novel co-written with Michael Mann, who is the king of of action scenes. And it was just, uh, it's just brilliant. And uh, really freeing. Um, like I said, it was exacting. We got to make sure that uh, if you're if you're going to, to show uh, Neil's crew uh, attacking a stash house uh, in in Mexicali, that the layout is really clear to readers, that we know their plan, that we know the opposition, so that uh, so that we can then set set it off. Um, the challenge was really bringing my A game every single moment that I was on the project because because uh, because Michael certainly did. Welcome back to Knowledge Brews Supreme, the show that percolates your creativity. And it is I, your host, Dr. John Chansey, and I am back and better than ever. However, before we begin today's episode, here is a quick ad from show sponsor, Barnana Snacks, to help pay the bills. All right, so my wonderful sponsors at Barnana Chips were so kind uh, to send me a care package with some wonderful snacks and wonderful chips of various kinds, different snacks to try. And I've been saving one for a while that I've been, been dying to try, and it's the organic plantain chips spicy mango salsa their kettle cook style chips so i'm going to do a live uh first try a live taste uh and you can get my instant reactions to these chips i've been dying to try these chips here we go open up the bag give a smell test Ooh, ooh, i can smell the the sweetness the, the the spiciness okay here we go first chip Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like that a lot. Is the flavor is a little subtle. The spice is kind of subtle, but you can taste the sweetness of the mango right away. But that spicy mango kind of the salsa, um, kind of creeping up in the back. I can feel the spice in the back of my, the back of my mouth right now. It's really good. Um, it's not overpowering the mango, the sweetness, but the salsa taste together not overpowering, but a nice kick, you know, um, be good to have a glass of water with these, but I'm not feeling like, oh my God, I absolutely have to rush out and drink a glass of water right now. I like that, that subtle spice, uh, and it combined with the sweetness. So let me give another chip. Good stuff. Good stuff. So check these out. They're Barnana spicy mango salsa their kettle style chip. It's fantastic. I would give it like an 11 out of 10. I don't know. Is that fair? But check it out. Thanks, Barnana. On today's episode, I'm joined by the one and only New York Times, recently New York Times number one best-selling author, Meg Gardner, for her recent work with Michael Mann on Heat 2. I am beyond thrilled to have Meg on today's show because 
Her most recent book is just an absolute must read, especially if you're a fan of the 1995 hit Michael Mann movie, Heat. Uh, and Heat is just an amazing movie. The sequel, I mean, oh, I can't, I can't say enough good things about it because uh, Meg teamed up with director uh, Michael Mann to write this sequel. And it's, it's, you know, it's been out for a few weeks. It's already on the New York Times number one bestseller. Um, and, you know, after finishing the book, I reached out to Meg immediately, you know, found, found her website, reached out to her and, and just, you know, uh, she was kind enough to agree to come on the show. Um, some more information about Meg. She's also the author of 15 acclaimed award-winning novels. Her thrillers have been bestsellers in the United States and internationally and have been translated into more than 20 or than 20 languages, excuse me. Uh, China Lake won an Edgar Award, and Unsub, the first in Gardner's acclaimed Unsub series, won a Barry Award. Her third Unsub novel, The Dark Corners of the Night, has been bought by Amazon Studios for development as a TV series. I'm already stoked for that. That's wonderful news, too. Uh, she's a former lawyer and a three-time Jeopardy champion. I, I just had a contestant from Jeopardy on recently, so I, I can't believe this is happening. Like, what amazing luck. Uh, she's also the two-time president of Mystery Writers of America. She currently lives in Austin, Texas. However, I understand, uh, Meg, you are a fellow Okie like myself, so I feel like that's even more reason to have you on the show. So with all that said, welcome to Knowledge Brew Supreme. Meg, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, John. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Of course. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on the show. Uh, you're my first New York Times number one bestselling author. So I feel like the level of this show just got elevated even more so. So I'm really stoked about this interview. Um, to start with, I'm just really curious, how did you get involved with writing Heat 2? Like, were you a fan of this movie prior to getting involved? Like, did you reach out to Michael Mann? Did he reach out to you? Like, how did this come to be? I'm a huge fan of Heat, the film, the best heist movie ever, ever yes. made. I'm a huge fan of Michael Mann's work and have been since, uh, since I was uh, in high school, I think. Uh, we have the same literary agent, and uh, I heard that uh, Michael was interested in that he, well, he was more than interested. He was dying to do more stories from the world of Heat and do them as a novel. So our literary agent uh, contacted me, said Michael had read Unsub, my novel, and would I be interested in in talking to him? Michael is an extremely accomplished writer. He's not just a director. He has uh, written many of the films that uh, that are iconic now, including Heat. Um, but he had never written a novel. Uh, I had never collaborated on a novel. So we talked uh, a long time about whether we thought we could put the project together and mesh our skills, our craft, um, <laughs> our experience, and uh, and that's how we decided to uh, to give it a shot after talking on the phone for for several hours. Me finding out the the scope of this this story that he wanted to tell in Heat Two, which is a prequel and a sequel. Yes. The film is a very narrow, what he calls a splinter of time in these uh, characters' lives. Very iconic cop and robber story, but he wanted to expand uh, into their pasts and into well the survivors' futures uh, and and see see where we could take it. So that's how we started working together. Amazing, 
So, you know, it's been almost 20 years since, you know, he, you know, getting close to the 20 year anniversary or, you know, and it's, it's an amazing film that still holds up incredibly well. Like you said, I mean, it's the best heist movie still to this day. Like I, I watch it and it still gives me goosebumps. Glad you said that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the diner scene, you know, well, you know, when they finally come together, Hannah and Neil finally come together. I mean, still gives me goosebumps. So I'm curious, like I'm a big fan of Heat. Um, and so you don't have to sell me on anything, but I'm just curious, like why Heat 2 now? Make the case for why the story had to be told now. Like what sort of prompted? I know you said Michael Mann was very, uh, you know, motivated to do this, but is there any, you know, what kind of prompted it? you know, so many years later. Why wait any longer? <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. He, he's been, he's, he's a busy guy. He's, he's, uh, he makes movies. Uh, yeah. We worked together, it was during COVID. So for a long time, we could not get together, but we worked together um, while he was uh, in Japan filming Tokyo Vice. Yeah. Uh, he directed the the pilot episode for that. We worked together when he was uh, uh, getting ready to go to Italy, where he is now filming Ferrari. So he is a he is a busy guy, but these this is a story that would never let him go. It, it's a story he had the there was a kernel of fact in the in the in the plot of Heat, and that's that uh, a friend of his from the Chicago Police Department had had met a real bank robber and had coffee with him in Chicago in the in the 60s. And um, that stuck with Michael for a long, long time. And he put that into the story of Heat of two, two protagonists, two predators, two hunters who develop a, a rapport. So, but again, that was a moment in time. And for the film, he had he had written biographies for all the major characters. Right. So he had, you know, 30 pages of, uh, of of character studies already written up, knew where they'd come from, how they'd grown up, where the, where the traumas were in their in their younger years. So uh, that was a treasure trove to, to start using to, to build the story out. And, you know, at the end of Heat, uh, the character played by Val Kilmer, Christian Hurlis, is nearly dead from a gunshot wound. He's been uh, waved off from from being captured uh, his wife has told him has signaled him to get away but we don't know what happens and michael was uh, was dying to tell us uh, what might happen to him if he managed to uh, to get out of the city alive with the uh, the al pacino character hunting him yes yes and it, it's just so amazing you know picking up from that moment where chris is shot he's having to flee la and being able to interweave not only past present heat future kind of like you said the sequel elements of it infusing that all together in these stories these new stories i mean it just I, i'm still kind of in awe of how well it was done and um so i'm curious you know you, you talked about chris just a moment ago and i want to get more into kind of your experience of writing this book as you're writing heat too you know were there characters from original heat you know the original heat like chris perhaps or or maybe it's neil or hannah that you really just enjoyed writing for like diving into those characters i love diving into all the major characters i adore them all yes the, there are no saints in the film or in the book right they are all flawed human beings but the but the the secret is they are all really compelling people they are three-dimensional human beings uh we see their 
their their dreams, their fears, their uh, their longings, their their loves, their losses, and uh, it was wonderful to try to get inside their heads, which is where Michael had been for forever, uh, to try to understand how he saw them and uh, bring them to expanded life on the page. Um, uh, I mean, Neil McCauley is a, he's a bank robber. He's a highline bank robber. He's not, he's not out there, you know, like delivering meals on wheels to, <laughs> to the puppy rescue farm, right. but, but, but he's a compelling character and we see his daring, his, uh, his commitment, his loyalty to, uh, to the people, to the people in his crew. And so we, uh, and his desire to, uh, to do something with the with the with the fruits of his crimes, to get uh, to get somewhere to get out. So we are along with him for that ride. We see Hannah, the cop played by Al Pacino, who is um, compelled to hunt predators. Uh, and we find out many of the reasons why he that is what he does. He he was always on the searching for something, and eventually the hunt, the search became what animates him what propels him and we we understand his life and he is he's vivid he is snarky he is sarcastic he is always uh you know always has an extremely cutting quip uh at, at any moment of the day or night so that was really fun uh really fun to write uh chris Chihurlis, val kilmer character is in the film he's uh like kind of the second in command of of neil's crew so and he's um, he's not the lead, but he is very close to it. Yes. And just making sure that carrying on his story and and expanding it and elevating him into one of the leads in the sequel portion that that he is every bit as fascinating yes. and um, that his story is as gripping so that so that readers care about him as much as I do. <laughs> yes, I I just thought, especially focusing on, like Neil and Chris specifically, the depth you were able to give those characters, you know, we get, we get some information about their background and, you know, the original heat, but you know, the story of, of, of Neil and his lost love. And I mean, it was just so gripping and Chris having to come to these terms about whether or not he's going to reunite with his wife and son and making, eventually making that choice was just, I mean, some of the most gripping writing I've I've read in so long. It was just, I mean, some of it was so good, so painful, but so beautiful at the same time. So, well, I'm thank just, you. And people, people say, well, that people don't know that there's that there's romance, love, and loss, and heat, and heat too. Yes. It is. It's a it's a human drama, and I think that's right. why the film has lasted. And I hope that the novel is uh, really reaching readers. Yes. Yes. So. I kind of want to dip back into kind of the making of this book, the writing. So I, I, I know you you talked a little bit about your interactions with your co-author, Michael Mann. And I kind of have, a, like, my guess when I was reading this book, when I was thinking about the conceptualization is, my thought is, like, Michael Mann has probably been sitting on a Heat 2 script or pieces of a script for years now. And like you said, he's been just dying to get these stories out there brings you on to maybe adapt that into the format of a book am i anywhere close on that guess like is that kind of how the structure of it worked or or did or did you guys just come from scratch maybe going off that uh the character sheets you talked about and in, in terms of putting together the story that's a great question it's a it's a combination he did not have a script he had a lot of material that he had um 
started working up sort of a story, uh, a story treatment, just really conceptual about where where the story would 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 return to, would flash back to, and and where it would go after heat. And he certainly didn't want to just offer fan service like sure. uh, having long expository scenes uh, describing the the character's uh, origins in any kind of a way that the, what he wanted to do was dramatize it oh, wow. to dramatize their lives uh, which is exactly what uh, what I was excited to hear that he wanted to do that's not just the the background biographies um were not just put into the novel whole. They were turned into um, very dramatic uh, scenes. And the, because always in a novel, a film, whatever, uh, the point is to reveal character through action yeah. uh, instead of just description. And that was uh, that was what we worked on together that that he had the he had the idea. and I knew very from the very inception that this was, uh, that this was his concept. These were his characters that have been very dear to him, very close to him for a long time. And I wanted to, to, to help him realize his ambitions for, for the novel, because I have the experience of writing stories uh, in the form of a novel, which might, which in this case is 466 pages, uh, 120,000 words. He's written brilliant scripts and they, uh, their word count is much lower, maybe, right. maybe 40,000. So he was entering a new arena, um, and so was I. But uh, we figured out how to talk out the the concept, the the big uh, the big stretches of action, the development in each section of the book. And the as, as I said, it's a prequel and a sequel, but it's not chronological completely. It jumps jumps back and forth in time, which was uh, which was a very exciting and and fun way to tell the story. So you you one one uh, one thread ramps up and then sort of ties off, but with with lots of cliffhangers. And then you just you jump to a completely different uh, jump forward in time, uh, you know, eight years uh, to a different continent and a different, uh, you know, a whole different storyline. And then by the end, it all it, we, we figured out how to make it all mesh. But he had he had the broad ideas for the, there'll be um, a big section in Chicago, a prequel section where Hannah is uh, is a is a homicide detective uh, hunting a ultra-violent home invader crew. And Neil and his crew are there to pull off a tunnel heist at a at a, at a, at a subterranean vault at a savings and loan. Uh, so he, that was, I knew that going in. I knew that he wanted to have then the, the tunnel heist would lead to an even bigger score that they would uh, they would attempt across the border and that, uh, that Chris would escape uh, afterwards to Paraguay. And then that everything would, uh, Come would the threads would intertwine uh, in back in Los Angeles at some point. Yes, yes, and it, and oh, I mean, just such a wonderful way to weave all these stories together. I mean, I just as another LA reference, it felt like you know this is this is Kobe and Shaq working together, putting these te- you know this amazing story, or maybe Kareem and Magic. However you want to look. Oh at Oh my it. gosh, I'll take I'll take both of those. <laughs> Thank you, and I hope that means you're a Lakers fan. <laughs> Well, I, I'm not necessarily Sorry, thunder t- thunder territory there, man. Right, right. But I definitely have respect for the history of the game there and, and uh, L.A. sports in general. So 
I'm just curious as you're preparing for to write this novel, like how many times did you rewatch the original Heat, or did you do anything else to prepare? Like, for example, you know, did you by chance maybe rent out a house on the California coast, but not fill it up with furniture, a la Neil uh, Neil McCauley, perhaps? I cannot. I can no longer count the times I have watched Heat <laughs> in its entirety, much less in, in individual scenes uh, going through it. Um, I didn't actually rent a Malibu beach house with its cold <laughs> clinical uh, reflective glass and empty soul. <laughs> However, uh, I will say that uh, Michael Mann is renowned for the amount of research that he performs when uh, preparing for any project that he does. Uh, for, for heat, he, uh, he uh, took the... Uh, the the actors out to uh, a, a firing range that the, the LA Sheriff's Department uh, runs and had the had yes. former SAS operators train them in uh, in firearms and uh, military uh, ambush techniques. So yes, that was uh, he. I knew that he was at doing it at that level, and I I will say I've done a lot of research in all my other novels, but nothing that <laughs> that matches this. You asked what what do I do that there's a there is a tunnel heist in in the story of Heat Two. So um, we we talked to a retired bank robber to find out how would be the best way to try to carry that off, which was um, enlightening. Um, I have never done anything more in a bank than you know <laughs> deposit a check, but hit me up now. I'm your I'm your gal. There you so go. We uh, we. When I was finally able to get to Los Angeles, uh, Michael arranged a, a, a ride along with uh, two LAPD sergeants uh, late one night down through some of the some of the neighborhoods where the action takes place. Um, not not the parts of town where the Disneyland tourists tend to sure tend to stay unless they've made a dreadful mistake on <laughs> TripAdvisor, um, <laughs> which apparently happens. But uh, that was uh, also. Um, extremely informative uh, so it makes a difference to know the way people move and talk and feel about uh, their environment so that was uh, that was really wonderful uh i will say that michael has is known for being really exacting as a director that uh, to, to want everything uh, just so and to make sure you get it right and we that's what we did on on everything that we possibly could but as a collaborator, this was also a wonderful thing was that he um, he was very generous and open to let me uh, take the time to, uh, to to totally like build out a scene or a sequence uh, and be as creative as I as I wanted. So it became a real symbiotic kind of uh, kind of process, which I really appreciate. That's amazing. And it, it definitely tells. I mean, it comes out in the novel and the storytelling. So I'm curious, you know, this sounds like it was just an amazing experience start to finish, you know, writing this book, working with these characters, working with, you know, an esteemed colleague in this, you know, in this case, what, so kind of two questions together, what was the most exciting aspect of writing Heat 2? And then maybe conversely, what was one of the more challenging aspects of, of writing this story or these stories, I should say? I, I realized when uh, that I had always wanted to write a heist novel and 
when would I ever have a better opportunity in my life than to write a heist novel and write action scenes in a heist novel co-written with Michael Mann, who is the king of of action scenes. And it was just, uh, it's just brilliant and uh, really freeing. Um, Like I said, it was exacting. We got to make sure that uh, if you're, if you're going to to show uh, Neil's crew, attacking a stash house uh, in in Mexicali that the layout is really clear to readers that we know their plan that we know the opposition so that uh, so that we can then set set it off um the challenge was really bringing my a game every single moment that I was on the project because because uh, because Michael certainly did that he's the uh, his talents are formidable and so is his uh, his commitment to getting it to getting it right to getting it as as good as can possibly be got so i needed to make sure that my game was uh, at its uh, at its at its highest peak the wonderful thing was that yeah first draft sometimes you come up with stuff that just doesn't quite cut it and but if you come to trust the the person you're working with you know that they're the that they know their stuff and that they uh, they are committed to the project. Then if someone tells you, uh, you know, the action in this scene doesn't really hold up, uh, we need to take another, we, me, needs to take another crack at it. There's no problem at all. You yeah. don't, you don't feel, uh, you don't get your back up. You don't try to complain. You just look and see why is, uh, why is someone I trust so much telling telling me this that we can that we can do better and find the way that uh, that I say yes uh, I understand what you're saying and let's I will let's let's do it again and um, and that's the beauty of rewrites as well <laughs> do you feel like as an author do you feel like you've grown from this experience oh definitely that um working with uh with some characters that uh, that um that predated me was uh, was a challenge. It was uh, learning how to be true to them was uh, took took some time and uh, was uh, was wonderful. That I've written I'd written fifteen thrillers. That um, some psychological thrillers, serial killer thrillers, revenge uh, stories, woman on the run stories. They all tend to take place in a very a very uh, narrow period of time. You know. Uh, countdown clocks, time, you know, time running out, etc., which is terrific fun for for an author and for readers. But to uh, to take on a, a project that has such a scope, it's uh, it's almost you know it's a saga. This heat too spans decades yes. and continents. Um, it uh, it it dramatizes a change in the world of crime, which is a pretty big topic going from uh dudes on the street running into a bank with uh, rifles under their jackets to uh, someone learning that transnational organized crime can be done on a computer and uh, that there's this new thing developing that people might be starting to call the dark web uh so that was a, a wonderful way to see that i could expand the scope of what i was doing and learning how to pace it and give the correct uh, the correct timing and depth to it all was um, was really wonderful. Excellent. 
So I know this is a long shot and maybe, maybe, you know, you may not even be able to, to give an answer to this, but I, I just got to know and I got to ask, is there any chance we could see Heat 2 get adapted into a movie or maybe a TV series? Like, or could we see uh, uh, Heat 2 on Amazon? I know you've got a, kind of a connection with them already. I mean, I'm just dying to see this, this story now. I've read it. I could see it in my mind's eye really well, but I'm just dying to see it in, in, in picture. Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> let me let me put it this way. I I, I just got a, a, a an email out of the blue from it was a, a solicitation from uh, some outfit that said we can help you make your uh, your book into a movie. We hear that you and Michael Mann have just written Heat Two. We can provide contacts in the movie industry, and I was just <laughs> laughing so hard like, at that I point. I wonder if Michael Mann needs help finding film contacts. I, you know, I think, I think he's probably got that covered. <laughs> he, uh, he definitely has, I, I can't really say too much, but he definitely sure. has as certainly the, the possibility of a big movie in mind. And Ooh. Um, Ooh. if I know that he would, uh, he would love to see this on the screen. Let's put it that way. Oh, so okay. I, <laughs> okay. That, that just made my day. I'm just going to go with that. And uh, yeah, so I'm curious, you know, as an author, um, if you could choose any other movie franchise to jump into, maybe write a sequel, write a, pe a prequel, or maybe just some kind of piece of canon, uh, what would it be and why? I've been asked this before. You're not the first person. And it's always, it just, it's, it stumps me. I think I'll repeat my answers. My little pony? I don't know. But... <laughs> There, there's, there's way too much there uh, to, to even begin to. Uh, th this was a bolt from the blue for me, and I, um, I'm just going to clutch onto it and, and hug it tightly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So thinking more, you know, just broadly as a writer, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, you, like you said, you talked about the initial writing, the editing, all that stuff. So when you're writing something, whether it's Heat 2 or whether you're working on a solo project, as an author, when do you feel the most creative? Uh, uh, two points, actually. One is uh, just the brainstorming portion Ooh. before you even start to write, because then it's uh, the the entire possibility uh, lies before you, and getting an idea that uh, that you realize could be a hook something and it, it has to hook you as an author first that that, that there's something that um, that sticks in your mind as a possibility for for a story and that, that then a character who could live out that story that that is uh, that's extremely creative and fun for me that you know you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like oh <laughs> so that's how I started uh, one of my novels the Shadow Tracer which opens in Oklahoma City actually. <laughs> yes. With uh, I thought, um, uh, how is it possible for anybody to actually? You talk about going off the grid, disappearing. Is it possible to do that in America in the twenty first century? Ooh. Ooh. How hard is it to do that? So I uh, wrote a story, wrote a, a novel about a woman who lives in Oklahoma City, and she's a skip tracer. She tracks down people who are trying to get lost, oh, wow. and it turns out she's doing this because she has uh, trained herself in all the ways that you can disappear. Uh, in case she ever has to go on the run uh, with her five-year-old daughter. And that's what happens in the book. So that's it. That was like, could you disappear? 
how could you disappear? What, how do people blow it? How do how would people, how would someone ever succeed? How would they prepare for it? Who would this person be? You don't want it to just be some guy that's robbed a 7-Eleven. You want someone who has uh, some, some important life and death reason. And is she just trying to save herself? No, she's trying to save someone else, someone who's helpless, who relies on her totally and is completely innocent. And why would they go on the run and who is after them? So that that's how you start building out the story. And that's just a whole lot of fun. Then I like to edit. I don't, some people love to write the first draft. Yeah. I find it just, just finger cramps. I, I don't care for it. But once, because, uh, but once you get it down, it means you can fix it. You can't fix a blank page. Sure. But, uh, but once you have uh, uh, even a lousy first draft, then, then you can, uh, then you can tighten it up. You can uh, amplify the action. You can deepen the characters. You can tighten all their connections. You can improve the pace. You can throw in plot twists and uh, shockers and make readers laugh and cry and all those good things that writers love to accomplish. Oh, that's an awesome answer. I love that. So, kind of wrapping things up, got a few more kind of lighter questions for you. Um, first one, I ask this of everybody who comes on the show, you know, um, what are you watching or reading or listening to these days? Any, any content uh, you're just really excited about? Uh, just wrapped up Better Call Saul. Oh, so good. So good. Which I thought was stunning. An absolute, uh, absolute stunning series. Yeah. And I thought the, uh, an amazing compliment to Breaking Bad. Loved the way that it was uh, a, such a study of of character um, and ended in a way that what I always say is the best ending is uh, surprising yet inevitable. Yes. And I, this is how I would tell any 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 writing student that that's the ideal ending. It's something that when you when when you watch or read it, you you go, I didn't see that coming. But then on reflection, you think, oh, yes. Oh, yes, of course. Um, and you, if it's a if it's a bit surprising, if it if it holds out a hope that you didn't know you'd been uh, holding on to that's the most satisfying ending and i thought that the that the ending of better call saul really really landed that let's see what else of course i love tokyo vice this year which Such a uh, good show. was um, yeah. was fabulous uh, had been watching naturally a lot of uh, a lot of um, crime dramas everything from uh, outer range to severance uh, which uh, totally just uh, totally blew me away trying to expand my reading i read a lot of of uh, of thrillers uh, i'm currently reading traitor's dance by jeff abbott he's another uh, austin author uh, uh, and uh, just finished uh, the devil takes you home by Gabino iglesias which is kind of a noir crime horror dance set on the texas border which uh, buckle up people um so there's a i would uh, there's just so much great stuff out there blacktop wasteland by s.a cosby uh velvet was the night by sylvia moreno garcia uh hit your bookstore hit your libraries people um it's a, it's a great time in the uh in the thriller world i couldn't agree more now i have to ask my goal this year personally is i'm trying to read 100 books it's the most books i've ever written uh, I'm, I'm i'm happy that heat two is on that list 
but I want to expand. I want to read more of your stuff. So if I had to pick one book to start with, what would you recommend? You mentioned the Oklahoma City story. I'm already intrigued with that. Is that your recommendation or maybe something else? As a as a as a as an OKC guy, I would tell you that that's a good place to start, the Shadow Tracer or Unsub, which is okay. uh, yeah, which is right. a which is a thriller as well. So uh, yeah, the, the, go for those. Okay, I'm going to add those to my list once we, we once we get off this interview. They're going to be on my list, and I'll and I'll check those out. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Anything on the horizon for you? Any any other projects you know you're working on or maybe getting excited about? Um, you know now that Heat Two is is out and uh, being consumed by the public uh, very positively. <laughs> it's yes, it's that's been a ride, and it's been it's been great. You never know. You, I thought that the book was uh, was really strong. Uh, we both thought that uh, that uh, we uh, we stuck the landing that we had gotten it there, but you just you hope. It's, you send it out in the world like a like a tossing a baby bird off a off a balcony and hope that hope that it flies. And thank goodness, uh, readers have connected with it. Reviewers, uh, it's been it's it's been amazing. Uh, I do have a, another unsub novel uh, ready to go, so that will be out in 2023. And now I am catching my breath and cracking my knuckles and getting ready to uh, to start uh, another thriller. So that's as much as I can say at the moment. Awesome. Okay. Lots of good stuff on the horizon. Love to hear that. So um, last kind of, uh, you know, big question about this is um, where can listeners of this show, Knowledge Brew Supreme, where can they find your, your, all your wonderful written work, including Heat 2? Wherever books are sold, yes. <laughs> your local independent bookstore, <laughs> Barnes and Noble, Amazon, uh, you can go to IndieBound.com, Bookshop.org. If you're, it's on, it's in uh, multiple formats, uh, in print, digital, uh, audiobooks. If you like to, uh, like to listen to your, to your novels, but uh, it's just about everywhere. Uh, Walmart, <laughs> uh, <laughs> check it out. But, uh, but uh, you can, you can find, find it um, roaming the streets. God only knows. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're in Oklahoma City, I highly recommend Full Circle Books. That's a really good local bookshop that I like. I, I, I haven't been in there to see. You know, I'm sure I haven't seen the copy there, but they'll order anything for you if it's not. So just quick little plug there. Um, so we're wrapping things up. Thank you again so much to New York Times number one best-selling author, Meg Gardner, for joining me today. I'm going to put links. Uh, you can find her website. You can find the book Heat 2, as well as her other works. Uh, those will be in the show notes. So please check that out. This makes episode 44 of Knowledge Brew Supreme. I'm your host, Dr. John Chansey, trying to get to my goal of 100 episodes. That means I'm only 56 away. Thank you for listening today. Please share this episode, subscribe, review, buy a copy of Heat 2. Be good, be safe, and peace out.